Welcome to Healthcare Experience Matters. This podcast is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation. And with today's episode, we're teaming with PRC. This podcast is dedicated to transforming the healthcare experience so that every person can receive and deliver the best care. Hello there, Healthcare Experience Matters listeners. We're joined today by the Healthcare Experience Foundation's Katie Owens. She is the co-founder and president of the Healthcare Experience Foundation and a familiar voice on this podcast, although I think it's been a while since our last episode together. So I'm really excited to talk about building a positive workplace culture today. Katie, let's kick things off here by having you answer a question about you know, how do things like morale and workplace culture impact what we care most about, and that's the patient experience. Yeah, of course, Casey. I'm so thrilled to be back. And hello, everyone. You know, one of the best ways that that I like to open up this conversation is to think about a time when you have encountered a team member who's disengaged and just the profound difference between the quality of that interaction versus a team member who's engaged. And, And what's your qualitative difference when you think about the attributes of those two individuals? The research demonstrates when a leader is disengaged, their team is so much more likely to also be disengaged than when a leader is engaged and they are on stage and they are growth-oriented and solution-focused. The research also shows that engaged team members lead to higher performance on AHRQ's culture of safety survey. Engaged physicians are more likely to have higher patient experience of care perceptions. And so, Really, engagement is at the core of our ability to leverage and influence all of our balanced scorecard outcomes. So in your opinion and in your words, what are some signs of a positive, healthy workplace culture? How do we know we are on the right track? What I draw upon quite often when it comes to the, the signature aspects of a healthy culture So much of it comes down to what we know are the national drivers of workplace engagement. And through our partnership with PRC and under Dr. Cindy King's leadership, we know that there's some important factors that really indicate, you know, a positive workplace morale. And those things are, are pretty simple at face value and yet many times difficult to achieve. That, that there's a sense of trust and confidence in senior leadership, that there's healthy communication in between departments. You don't have to feel like you're walking on eggshells to make a request from another team. And that team members have a sense of access to training and resources to make their day-to-day work environment better. The reality is when those things are present, we have team members who are using discretionary effort that have both a professional and an emotional connection to their organization. And that's what separates us from from the satisfied employees, those who are generally happy at work, or those who are disengaged, who are rowing sometimes the boat in the other direction. Awesome. And so do you think it's safe to make the correlation or the assumption that a positive workplace culture is actually related to having an engaged workforce? The body of emerging research is really indicating, yes, um, engaged employees and physicians are much less likely to experience signs and symptoms of compassion, fatigue, and burnout. 
employees are saying they want to see more compassion and empathy from their leaders. And what we're finding is that as we see organizations pivot forward in this peri-COVID era, time and time again, they are doubling down on restoring and rejuvenating and re-engaging their workforce. Because if morale is low, it's very difficult to focus on advancing the patient experience, advancing a culture of zero harm and patient safety, retaining our best employees, making sure that we're being good stewards of our financial resources. Okay. And now let's talk a little bit about communication. How does poor communication from leadership actually end up impacting workplace culture? You know, sure, Casey. So communication is always in the eye of a beholder. I may think as a member of the executive team or as a department director that I am being diligent with my communication, that I'm visible, that I'm present. Yet the reality is always going to be how we are, how our intent is perceived. And many times we intend to do things to the best of our ability. And yet we ultimately end up perceived as very differently by our, our medical staff, by our frontline employees, and sometimes even by our department directors. And so when, when we are communicating, there's a few important elements that, that we find very important to focus on. The first is the neuroscience of trust. And there's some really brilliant work coming out of Northwestern University that when it comes to trust, which we are trying to constantly decipher, it's heavily built on our first impressions, a few big things really come into play. First and foremost, am I perceived as competent? And this is the baseline. And this is going to, you know, from a, a trust standpoint, either be reinforced uh, or destroyed. Next layer is, am I perceived as communicating with honesty and integrity? This supersedes competence is important. And the third piece is benevolence. Do my team members, when I'm communicating, feel a sense that I've got their back and that I am acting in their best interests? And when it comes to leadership communication, so oftentimes we focus so much on what, and we skip over the, the crucial step when it comes to that neuroscience of trust of demonstrating, I care about you, I am being transparent, and I'm narrating the why ever before I get to the what. Absolutely. And let's talk a little bit about opportunities and workplace culture you know, if there's a lack of opportunities in terms of growing um, and promotions, you know, how can that end up impacting the workplace culture? Gosh, you know, from, from a, the standpoint of how we perceive our day-to-day -day perspective or our story, many times we, we form a lot of our perceptions based on, do I perceive fairness and equity? And if, if I want to grow in advance, do I feel that I have the opportunity to? When I see team members get put into promotional opportunities, do I feel that, that they were given that fair opportunity or that others were also given that fair opportunity? And when it comes to your question around promotion, so many times we can't share the nuances of you know, our HR practices that go behind those decisions, yet we always want to make sure that we narrate here are all the, the skills and the credentials of that individual that make them the perfect candidate for that role. And that's also where we want to be intentional about involving 
uh, high-performing employees in the, the selection process. So, um, and maybe that's even you're interviewing a panel of, of leaders who may ultimately become your boss. But we're looking for, it's always easy to hire for competency. You can, you can always teach that, but you cannot teach the values of your organization as easily. Very well said, Katie. And so what about rebuilding a workplace culture that has been identified as perhaps problematic? Uh, where does one begin that process? I think the very first point is, is what you've mentioned, and that's recognizing that, that we have a problem. And sometimes coming to that place means, you know, we're going to be vulnerable and we're going to recognize that we've made some mistakes and together we're going to move forward. And from, from the opportunities that we have to work with so many extraordinary healthcare systems across the country, what we've seen is that acknowledgement of, gosh, there's a lot of things I wish we could have done differently. And here we are. Can I ask for your help? Because we want to move forward and, and these are our goals. And this is what we want excellence to look like here. And can I count on you to be on board with that? And so many times that disarms leaders, staff, and physicians. It reduces resentment. And when people harbor resentment, it makes them almost incapable of being a part of a solution. And so I think naming the issue, acknowledging the emotion, and asking for help is the key to rebounding and pivoting forward. And we hear the cliche sometimes, it's never too late. It's never too late. So does this apply to workplace culture? Is it ever too late to improve a workplace's culture? Oh gosh, I don't think I would be here if it was ever too late uh, with, our, with our coaching team doing the kinds of work that we do. You know, I think that different organizations candidly have different starting points. So many leaders have inherited the situations that they're encountering. And recognizing that starting point may not be a reflection of how they got here, but a recognition of where we move forward. A a really um, amazing position executive that I have had the chance to work with now for the last year, year and a half, said it's really hard to talk yourselves out of a problem that you've behaved yourself into. And I think recognizing that and you know, I'm, I'm talking sort of at an interpersonal level versus a systematic change management level right now. But when and when we recognize that, it puts us in a position to rebridge re, re and restore relationships. Folks, you've been listening to Katie Owens. She is the co-founder and president of the Healthcare Experience Foundation. And we've been talking about healthy workplace culture or a lack thereof. Katie, did you have any other final thoughts before we wrap it up? Yeah, I know we've talked a little bit about cliches and I've heard so many leaders say, we've just sort of backed ourselves into this. And and all of a sudden they, they just sort of have this turning point and recognize we can continue to permit what we've promoted. Um, or we have this choice to, to make different steps. And I think that starts with the senior leadership team and it starts with role modeling and visibility and re-engaging the workforce. It's really hard to turn around and ask managers, directors, and frontline staff to change when we are not willing to go first. And I think that's, that's one of the hard things about hard things is coming to that place of we're going to restore accountability. We're going to hold up our own mirrors first. 
And I will let that be the final word for today's episode of the Healthcare Experience Matters podcast. Katie Owens, thanks again for your time today. My pleasure. Thanks, Casey. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Healthcare Experience Matters. Healthcare Experience Matters is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation with today's episode teaming with PRC. To learn more, visit healthcareexperience.org. That's healthcareexperience.org.